Hey there, this is Casey, the Kentucky Trauma Therapist. I'm super excited to be here today. So, getting started, I just want to talk about, dear God, the weather in Kentucky right now. It, it's just out of this world. I think it's, uh, it's about 70 degrees right now. Uh, allergies are terrible, but those flowers are in bloom and the bees are a buzzing and just, it's just beautiful. Uh, today's May 2nd and I'm telling you, it's just, it's just gorgeous. So this past weekend, I've really felt like high on life. I'm finishing up a contract. Well, I did, I finished up a contract with, um, a previous private practice that completely ended on Friday. Uh, my own private practice is going and swinging and everything. And uh, I went on a mini trip to Nashville this past weekend. Main focus was to see um, some really good bands, like a, their southern gothic-y, uh, bluegrassy, like I don't even know, like kind of like a punk bluegrass, perhaps. I don't know, but very connected to my roots. It was. Um, Trampled by Turtles and Amigo the Devil concert at the Ryman down there in Nashville. It's just my endorphins and my serotonin levels. I've just super felt high on life. It's it's like being high on this essence of being alive and getting to have this human experience. And I'm going to tell you right now, I have not always felt that way in life. Like, actually, very many times in my life have I definitely felt quite the opposite um and I guess right now it's making me pause and think I'm getting to come from a privileged place in life you know I'm here in Bowling Green Kentucky and I didn't lose my home in the tornado and I'm able to work for myself because I got a scholarship to go to school uh, to pay for my bachelor's degree and then I was able to go on and get my master's degree because I didn't have to pay for that bachelor's degree and that enables me to have a job that isn't physically demanding on my body and and so I'm allowed to maybe participate in some activities that the average person can't like I can recreationally do physical work rather than having a physically demanding job I'm thinking back to my early days when I was a CNA you know, and you'd work a 12-hour shift at, at the nursing home, sometimes a 16-hour shift, and just that, like, your body just shutting down. And I'm in a place today where I can choose not to do that kind of work. And I'm very privileged. And, and really, that's kind of the... And maybe privilege isn't the right word. People always want to stop me and say, well, you worked really hard. And I just kind of want to tell them to fuck off. Uh, plenty of people work very hard and don't have this amount of privilege. So I've met plenty of people who've worked harder at life than I have. And don't necessarily get the situations I've gotten. Um, so I do want to say... Um, <laughs> I was really feeling myself earlier and I wrote this Facebook post for my professional site and it says um, when you get to a place in your life where you can meet your needs because you finally have the resources available such as unconditional love practitioners who believe and can help you 
adequate shelter and funds. To do so, it can be frightening because your PTSD survivor hypervigilance is waiting for the next bad thing to happen. And I ask you, please breathe. Enjoy this space. Something bad will eventually happen. A death in the family, a bad hair day, losing a job. But that day isn't today. Let your amygdala breathe. Let your soul breathe. And just breathe. And when we don't have our needs met, when we are like not okay, it becomes really difficult to be happy. Obviously, right? Uh, it, it becomes difficult to find happiness and joy for others. And I just, I think of that. I think of that pretty often. This concept of how many people you know, can't experience true joy because they literally don't have the capacity to because there are so many things that are haywire in their life right now. I had a client one time, oh my gosh, it cracked me up so much. Um, very literal, very highly intelligent person. And they use the example of, well, I've been very depressed lately, almost borderline suicidal. And I went online to try and find an article or something to explain to me what I should be doing right now to decrease my depression. And I'm like, yeah, well, how did that go? <laughs> and they're like, the fucking website said, do shit, like go for a walk. And they're like, I'm about to end my life, it feels like. So if I go for a walk, I might just throw myself off a bridge. And we were kind of laughing about it. And I, I have a very morbid sense of humor. But because the funny part is, is I've been there. And my clients, a lot of my clients have been at that point. And when you're at that level, taking a walk is not the appropriate solution, right? Uh, but people want to break down mental, like very complex mental health issues. Like make sure you're drinking eight glasses of water a day and make sure you're doing at least 15 to 20 minutes of vigorous exercise a day. And while you're at it, uh, eat all of your meals and take your vitamins and maybe take a, a in general SSRI medication. And that doesn't cure trauma. And that doesn't cure generational trauma. <laughs> so, I, you know, my client, I'm like, well, of course walking isn't working right now. Because we should have had some interventions way beforehand. Maybe some interventions that include um, having our needs met when we were a kid. So that we built up a healthy enough self-esteem. Or were able, had the capacity and the environment to build up a healthy enough self-esteem. To where we can go on and meet our own needs as adults. But unfortunately that's not everyone's story. So your eight glasses of water a day. And your vitamins and minerals or dust or whatever you want people to intake. And uh, all that's not going to work. Because a 15 to 20 minute walk a day doesn't cure poverty. And eight glasses of water may prevent your headache, but they're not going to prevent your headache over not being able to afford to pay your bills because we live in a society that is much more concerned about how much money they can make off of people and not their well-being. The good news for myself right now is 
I am in a capacity where I am able to meet my needs. And it feels kind of scary. Uh, because uh, it's not something I've been used to for long periods of time. So my amygdala is just kind of going off in the background of my noggin saying, keep looking for the next bad thing. And the reality is that another bad thing will eventually happen. But it's not happening today. So I'm going to keep being high on life. And, and speaking of that, um, this past weekend, two friends of mine uh, got engaged to each other. And I, like, if I could explain just two beautiful humans that exist in this world. Two incredible, and I met them not even together. I met one in uh, 2010 smoking cigarettes outside of Grice Hall at Western Kentucky University in front of the sociology department. And uh, he's phenomenal. Sweetest guy you could ask to meet. And the other friend I met later on, she worked at a tattoo shop. Um, that I've frequently been tattooed at and she ended up doing a couple of tattoos on me and she's just such an insightful, insightful, intelligent person, probably more emotionally intelligent beyond her years of how old she technically is, but, um, beautiful people and they got engaged and congrats to them. And, uh, I just kind of think like, I'm so happy for them. And this is, it's, it's kind of a unique situation because I'm questioning how many times in my life have I not been able to feel joy for someone or something because there was too much of a deficit. I had a deficit in my life of trying to corral up all the joy I could muster to use in my own life that I literally could not experience happiness for other people. I'm not sure if that makes sense. And I always have a huge fear of being misunderstood. So I'm going to try and give a couple of examples there. Uh, if my financial needs are not being met, if I am in the gutter, so to speak, it is hard for me to be able to hear about how my friend just blew. Let me take that back. See, I'm already judging. Let me take that back. Hold on. If I'm having a hard time paying my bills, and my friend tells me how they just spent $1,200 on a photo shoot with their dog. I, this is not an actual example, but just make believe. I, I'm going to be in a hard situation to feel joy for them in this activity. The reality is I love when people have niche interests. And I love when people can be able to explore those. And oftentimes those do require money. But I'm going to have a hard time. Being able to sit in that space with them and be happy with them or happy for them. When I know in the back of my head, I'm not sure I have enough money to make rent this month. Mm -hmm. So if I'm being treated unfairly by a parent and I'm in a lovely, it's a private Facebook group. It's a pretty good Facebook group of um, people who have not great relationships maybe with their biological parents or parent. And uh, 
if if I'm feeling like I'm being treated unfairly by a parent or if I'm being abused or gaslit by a parent, it's going to be really hard for me to validate my friend in their sappy post about what they're doing for Mother's Day for their mom. I become cynical. I become unwell and at times even deranged or paranoid in my worst moments when I don't have my needs met. I remember uh, when I first moved to Bowling Green, I was, one of my first jobs when I first moved to Bowling Green was I was a pizza delivery driver for a little mom and pop place. I was driving down 31W, if you're familiar with Bowling Green, which 31W to this day gives me anxiety. I do not feel, <laughs> I don't feel like the lanes are like wide enough. I don't know if anyone else feels that way. I definitely feel that way. And... A car, I watched them do it. A car ran into me. Like, I'm watching them veer over the lane. I'm like, oh, my God, please stop, please stop, please stop. And I had a pizza in my car. And they they ran me up against the curb, busted my back tire. And I, I fender bender on the left-hand side. And when we pulled over, I'm just burst into tears. And these people are like, hey, are you okay? We're so sorry about that. And I'm having a full-blown meltdown. See, if I don't have a car, I can't do my job. And if I can't do my job, I can't make money. And if I can't make money, I can't make rent. And so I, here I am having this full-blown meltdown panic attack in this parking lot off of 31W. And this kind family's like, oh my God, we're so sorry, you know, and, and, and the reality is accidents happen, but one too many accidents, when you're poor enough, leads to homelessness. And I think that family, you know, it was a nicer vehicle, and I, I don't like to make assumptions about people because of the vehicles they drive, but I would go out on a limb and assume that they weren't having to survive off of tips like I was. I used to roll my own change at that job, which is really funny. And people would be like, why don't you just use the coin star? I'm like, because they cut a percentage off for themselves. I'm not giving those bastards any coins. Are you kidding me? They're not getting a percentage of that hard-earned two bucks and 32 cents I made off of that delivery driving out to bum fucking nowhere. So, so as I was saying earlier, I went on that trip to Nashville. I'm telling you what, I don't know what it is for me in going to trips, going on trips to Nashville, that I have yet to attend a trip in Nashville, whether it was a mini vacation or whatever it was, without experiencing extreme hunger. Um, and I get really shitty when I get super hungry. I think it has something to do with. Uh, an event that happened to me when I was younger. And I just honestly have had so many other pressing issues to work on with my therapist. <laughs> As I come up, it's slightly came up in, in certain situations. But point of the story is when I get to a certain level of hunger, there's like, I will not be content again until we go get food. And that goes into this notion of hungry, angry, lonely, tired, halt. It's like a little acronym a lot of therapists and people in the mental health community use to say, like, don't make any big decisions when you are experiencing HALT. 
when you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired. So if you're feeling like calling up your ex, question yourself. Am I experiencing any hunger, any anger, any loneliness, or am I tired? And if you answer yes to any of those, can you please just wait till you are no longer experiencing those? But, um, you know, I, I was expressing myself earlier, like, I've, I've lately felt so high on life. And late Saturday night, I reached this point of, I was hungry. You know, I knew I had the capacity to eat, but it is hard where our hotel was in Nashville to find somewhere open at 3.30 in the morning that's serving food. And the deep level of hunger, I didn't pack snacks, which I know better than that. I should have, I'm, I'm not trying to shit on myself, but I try to always remember to take snacks anywhere I go. And, and, and so I'm hungry and I'm sleepy and my feet hurt and my patience was wearing thin. And I was genuinely, by the end of the night, not a nice person. And again, this is not the first time this has happened. <laughs> um... It also happened on a girl's trip I took to Nashville back in 2015. And I was so angry with the girls I went with. I didn't talk to them for two days after <laughs> Because they kept wanting to get appetizers while we were out. And I'm like, listen, I need a freaking real meal. Not appetizers. Potato skins is not going to hold me over until tomorrow morning. Um... When I get to that level of not having a need met such as hunger in my brain, knowing my frontal lobe knows and can make sense of, I will get fed again. It's just not right now. My amygdala doesn't give a shit. The back of my brain, that survival context, it, it does not care. When it experiences that level of hungry, it, I, I start to shut down as a person. That's a reality for me. And, and, uh, I think we're very quick to to judge ourselves and to shame ourselves for that. Like, it's so embarrassing to look back on. And, you know, there's the memes that say, please don't judge me for the things I said when I was hungry and, and hangry being a thing. Well, I, I think there are some valid points in that. I know there is in my life. Whether it's I'm not able to financially meet my needs, I'm not able to emotionally have my needs met, I'm... Afraid I'm, I can't meet my hunger needs or listen to my hunger cues because I don't have the money to do so. I mean, I, I don't turn into a great person. It's very easy for us to fall off course once our needs are no longer being met or have never been met. You know, it's not a moral issue. It can be at times, but, but not all the time. Sometimes it's just literally I can't bother with anything until my needs are being met. So applying this to like the idea of homeless folks and people in abusive relationships and poverty situations, of course, that person who isn't having their needs met isn't going to be able to try and meet my needs. If I'm running around in fear and paranoia I'm not going to be able to sit with you in your joy. So, I like, I even notice if my financial needs are being met, I, well, and let me reframe that. 
if all my bills are paid, once all my bills are paid, I'm just a generally nicer person. It's not a morality issue. That's my survivor mentality showing up. And I'm not saying that part of my brain is necessarily as useful today as once was when I was a 20-year-old pizza delivery driver running around Bowling Green, Kentucky. Uh, making $7.25 an hour plus tips. I may not need it, but it's still there. So I just thought, you know, um, so this episode goes out to my two friends. They don't know. <laughs> that it that it is, but um, it goes out to them, and especially in this context of their engagement. Just I don't know what two beautiful, lovely human beings in this world, for one, and then for two. Just this level of gratitude at being able to have joy for them, being something that points out to me. That I'm in a healthier place mentally because I can I can feel myself being allowed to have joy for them because my brain's not currently super scared about making rent this month. And my brain's not fretting over getting paperwork turned in on time because I don't have time to get paperwork in on time. And, and my brain's my brain is in a chill enough capacity that I'm allowing that. I am, it is allowing me to sit here in this happiness and this joy for them. That's pretty cool shit. Cheers to them. Um, and cheers to anyone else out there who, whose brain works like mine. I'm telling you, it's not a morality problem. The more my needs are met, the more talkative I am. The more my needs are met, the more likely I am to be able to help those around me. That's one thing I really get on to. I have a lot of single parents who are clients and they're like, I have to put my kid first. And I have to do all these things. And I'm like, yeah, cool. That's awesome. And by doing that, sometimes that means putting you first. And they usually get thrown off. And I'm like, but listen, if you're in a better mood, you're going to be able to parent better. If you're having your needs met... You're going to be in a better place to potentially meet theirs. So, but I've spoken enough. Um, very grateful for this private practice. Uh, it's called Kentucky Trauma Therapist uh, down here in, in Bowling Green. And my needs are met. That's really cool to say. Financially, emotionally, spiritually. I'm feeling quite well these days. And the little markers that prove to me that I am are giving me cold chills. It's really cool stuff. So, y'all take care. Much love, y'all. And until we meet again, goodbye for now.